Real Presence Live. Religion has understood things about the way humans function long before science was able to prove anything. Local. It's always important for all of us to kind of look externally and say, what about these family? They are just like the Holy Family. They're experiencing the same persecution. Engaging. Jesus wants to be with us. I always think of that as at the heart of the Eucharist. Live. A mystery then of the rosary allows us to see a teaching of the church, but to be able to go deeper within that teaching. Welcome everyone to this edition of Real Presence Live. My name is Tim Mosier, your host, coming at you from sunny Fargo, the downtown studios right next to the railroad tracks on one side and the cathedral on the other. Looking through the window at the production assistant, Aaron Breen. Aaron, good morning to you. Well, good morning to you too, Tim. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. How's that son Matthew just doing? About what, seven, eight months here? Oh, seven, eight months old now? He is seven months old and he is on the move. <laughs> it's an amazing, fun time, isn't it? It is it is amazing. And I do also want to let you know that we're going to have an amazing show right here today. Tell us about it, Aaron. Absolutely. Prayer is fundamental in our relationship with God and Father Thomas Gollernell of the Diocese of Duluth joins us to speak on an upcoming event with prayer and finding healing. After that, we will have Father Paul Dukshire of the Diocese of Fargo during our Straight Talk segment. Do you have any questions on the faith or questions on your heart? Feel free to call in from 9.30 to 10. Then are you ready to pass on the call to make disciples to your kids? Eric Gallagher of the Diocese of Duluth will speak with us on an upcoming opportunity to make this goodness a reality. Also, we will hear from Earl LaPlante of the Diocese of New Ulm on his craft of restoring holy statues. Now, what statues would those be? He will tell us more. Stay tuned to hear more right here on Real Presence Live. Sounds like a fun show, a great show. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. Well, let's get right to it. We have our first guest, as you mentioned, Father Thomas Gallerno. He's going to talk about prayer and healing. Welcome to the show, Father. Morning. And you know what, Father? I just realized right as I'm speaking here now that we always start with a prayer, and I usually lead that prayer, but would you like to lead us in a short prayer before we get started this morning? I would love to. Okay, please do. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Most gracious Father, we just praise and we glorify you for this day. We thank you for your blessings you bestow upon us, which are many. We just ask that your grace would help us to grow ever more in love with you and help us to be the saints that we're called to be, so that when we die, we may be prepared to meet you and hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. You, Father, and Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Wonderful. Thank you for that prayer, Father. And speaking of prayer, of course, we're going to get into that in a little bit, but the power of prayer and healing. But just give our listeners a little bit of background about yourself so that they can know a little more about you. Okay. I'm the youngest of three boys and from Minneapolis originally. I'm a transplant to the Diocese of Duluth. And um, I've been a priest now for 12 years. And uh, I serve the three wonderful parishes of Our Lady of Snows and Big Fork, St. Catharines in Squaw Lake, and St. Michael's in Northholm, in the kind of the western part of our diocese. And uh, I get to be a priest, is what I like to say to people. I get to be a priest. I get to serve the people of God. And, and my my call as a priest is the salvation of souls, and however that is. So today, 
I'm on the phone on the radio, and uh, who knows what later on we'll have. So. Right. Well, it's amazing, of course, isn't it, through the through the technological age and technological things we have now to be able to spread the gospel and to share these things is is just a great gift. So we certainly certainly appreciate you doing that, Father. Um, to maybe a little bit about growing up in your family. So do you have three brothers, and um, was it a, a, a traditional Catholic upbringing? Father and mother both Catholic. Regular mass attendance, prayer, those kind of things. You know, um, we we would go to mass. Sundays pretty much most of the time, not all the time. Uh, being the youngest, um, you know, we, we went through the stuff, but we wouldn't say that we were the most devout family mm-hmm. growing up. Um, you know, that just changed my, my senior year of high school, and God worked powerfully with pilgrimage in my life and uh, changed things. That's wonderful. And, you know, you talk about the power of prayer, and it, it, it's I'm sure, I'm guessing, it was through some experience and some time spent probably in front of the Blessed Sacrament that, you know, that prayer, that that relationship with Christ that was really changing your heart, and you want to bring that to others. Amen. Um, you know, it's, it's beautiful what time in front of Jesus does, you know, they call it radiation therapy, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. You sit in front of Jesus, and he just radiates out, and you know, he just loves you. Yeah. And he just continues to love you and pours his love out into you. We just have to sit there and receive it, and mm-hmm. it's just like, wow, it's just beautiful. Exactly. A free, unmerited gift that is offered to us, the best gift of all. All we have to do is receive it, as, as you mentioned. Well, let's talk a little bit about prayer today, Father, because even when you and I were growing up, um, a lot different world. There's so many distractions, so many things, because prayer, of course, is this intimate relationship with God, and boy... As a society, it looks to me like with all the busyness and all the things we have going on, all the technology, these smartphones in our pocket, which can be a very good tool, can also be a great distraction. How in the world, what do you say to people, first of all, the importance of prayer and how we can pray in this day and age when we're so busy? Um, prayer is, is our glue that keeps us stuck to God. And if we're going to want to spend eternity with God, we need to be stuck to Him now so that when when we die, we're ready to meet him, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, and he's and he's the one that applies the glue, and he's constantly giving us the grace and blessings to do to pray, and he's constantly calling us forth to prayer. And so Jesus is doing that, and so he's doing that so that we can be with him and be healed and to be holy, who we are called. And and it's so hard. I mean, in times it's hard because we have so many things pulling us in so many different directions, and. You know, I feel for people at times, I look and go, oh, yuck, there's so many things, and it's like, the most important thing is to keep the most important thing, the most important thing, is mm-hmm. the quote I once heard. Yes. And, and that's our relationship with God. That's our relationship with Him. If And if He's not number one, what is? Exactly. That's so true. I mean, it, it, it doesn't get any better than that. That's true. You know. And again, getting back to this idea of relationship, you mentioned it. You know, keep the most important thing the most important thing. That is so important, obviously. And we do it in other ways in our lives, right? We have an appointment. I always like to talk about appointments, Father, because we all have our, you know, our appointment book. We all have our calendars. Let me put you on our calendar. And my wife is so good at saying, put it on your calendar. We need to have that appointment with Jesus, don't we? We need to think of it as at least as important as the other appointments. Do that first, right? Matthew 6.33, right? We just got through this uh, in daily Mass. Seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. And all these things will be given unto you. First things first. 
Yes, we have to keep things first, things first. If God is number one, then He's got to be number one, and not just in lip service, but in 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 how we spend our day. And, and prayer is that you know intimate relationship with Him that can't be replaced. It can't be done with something else. You can't do it in other ways. We have to do that. And so, so often you read the lives of the saints. You read many spiritual writers. What do they say? Give our first fruits. Give our first part of our day. God, you know, maybe we got to get up 10 minutes earlier. Maybe that means we have to, you, you know, whatever it is, but we have to get up and do it so that we can keep him number one. Absolutely. That's so true. Talking with Father Thomas Gallerno about prayer and healing. You, know, you just mentioned one way that we can do that, Father, this, this life of prayer is getting up early, carving out that time. How about some other practical suggestions for our listeners of how uh, they can nurture this life of prayer? You know, it's it's baby steps, right? Mm-hmm. First of all, it's just baby steps. We, you know, a lot of times we want to become a saint overnight, and it's like listen, you read the lives of the saints; they took time to do that. And so, one thing is just even being aware that to to be to grow in our faith life, it's going to take time. And you know, a lot of times I'll say to somebody, "Okay, you want to start praying? You know, five decades of the rosary. That's great, and that's beautiful. We should pray the rosary." And I say, "Why don't you start with?" one decade for one month. Mm-hmm. And then once that month is over, start with, and then go to two decades. Until the, you get to the four months are done, and you start in the fifth month, and you start with the fifth decade, doing five decades. Mm-hmm. You know, it just takes time. And we, we were, we're such an instant gratification society that we expect to, to be perfect in five minutes. And it's like, that ain't going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so part of it, part of the other thing would say is we have to be patient with ourselves. You know, think about how patient God is, is with us. I think of a friend of mine. He he was into sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and was having an issue with his wife. And, uh, and it wasn't confessional or whatever else. It was just an issue, something really small and tedious. And and finally, he goes to Jesus. He says, Jesus, I have this issue with my wife. And Jesus says, I want you to be as patient with her as I have been with you. And so... Sometimes we have to, the first person we have to be is patient with us ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, exactly. Talking with Father Thomas Um your host here, Tim Moser on Real Presence Live. You know, a couple of things you said that 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 really hit me. This idea of uh, uh, the the prayer. I think I think of John Paul II. You know, we said we're such immediate gratification. He had the great ability to be have this inner peace in the midst of all that was going on around him. And that was, of course, because he carved out that time to be still, to be with Christ. But, you know, because people will say, well, I'm so busy, I'm so busy, you know, and it, that's true. But I know in my own life, Father, if I'm focused on Jesus and have that as my foundation, I can still have inner peace no matter what's happening around me because everything now is a conversation with Christ. You know, everything now is, okay, Lord, okay, here's where you're taking me, here's where you're leading me. And we don't get caught up in this busyness. We don't get caught up in this chaos, right? We're still able to be at peace and to be Christ to others and to be peaceful even in the midst of our busyness. You know, and it's so it's like so often we get stuck in fears, we get stuck in anxiety, agitation, worries, whatever it is, we get these things rising in our hearts, these thoughts, feelings, and desires that come up, and we're keeping them to ourselves. Mm-hmm. So often, we're not we're not relating that on to God, not telling Him about it, not bringing it into conversation. We sit there and we go, 
well, he knows my thoughts. Yeah, he does know our thoughts, but he doesn't go where he's not invited. God is God is a perfect gentleman, and so he doesn't go where he's not invited. And so here we have to learn to bring our honest thoughts, feelings, and desires, not just not just uh, what oh well I'm mad at somebody. No, I, I really wanted to run him over with my car right now. <laughs> you know, it's not a not a good thing, but we got to be honest with God and say that. You know. Yeah, that's so true. Talking with Thomas, Father Thomas Gallano about prayer. We're going to talk about healing as the second. Just one image before you go on to the healing and then your event, Father. I think of the image, of course, of Christ knocking at the door, right? You've, you've seen it probably, of you know, the light. And, of course, there's no handle on the outside of the door. We have to invite him in. And if we do that, then he'll come and sup with us. And you think about it every night, you know, maybe before you even go to bed, a good thing to do is, Lord, Tomorrow morning, I'm, I'm going to need to get up, and I want to pray. Mm-hmm. I need your grace to help me get up and pray. Help me just to pray. I mean, that's a beautiful little simple prayer to pray the night before so that we can get up and do it. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, let's turn a little bit to healing. We all probably know people in our family or our friends in need of physical or spiritual healing. Talk a little bit about how we can focus our prayers and our intentions for those healings as well, please, Father. Well, you know, we can be intercessors. We can stand in the gap, praying for those who, who are in need. And we're called to do that. You know, yes, Christ is the intercessor, but we can participate in his intercession and intercede to and ask for God's help. It's like what the saints do in heaven. And we can ask them for their intercession as well. But we can stand there praying for healing. I, I think of I think of an instance once a friend of mine was told she was going to have a baby with a hole in her head. And they were just freaking out, and we were called to pray, and we, we went into prayer for for this her child and her mom. And, and uh, the next day, Mom got back to me and said, they, they did an ultrasound, and there's no hole. The hole is gone. And, mm. and that, was just, that was power of intercessory prayer. How beautiful that is to just stand in the gap and ask God to do it. And we didn't know what we were praying for. We were just praying for mom and baby. We were praying for that, but we didn't know how God was going to answer the prayer or what he wanted to do. And it was just beautiful how the prayer was answered. The girl happens to be my godchild today, mm-hmm. my my only godchild. And and she's 13. Katya's 13 now. So, yeah, beautiful. That, that is, I was just going to say, that's the word that came to mind. That's a beautiful, amazing story about prayer and, and trusting God, right? I mean, you certainly, you know, again, we invite him in, we ask, Lord, your will be done, but but what we ask, we ask still. And I think that's wonderful. So that power of prayer is amazing. Well, you have an upcoming event uh, coming up in your area about healing prayer. Will you please let our listeners know about that? Yes, on uh, Monday, July 29th, we have our annual Mass with Prayers for Healing uh, at our cathedral, the Cathedral of Our Lady of the Rosary in Duluth. And the day starts off with five hours of adoration from 11 in the morning till 4 p.m. And we even in the, in the afternoon we have priests there for confession from one to three. They're not in a hurry. They're there to be there to prayerfully help people through. And you know, um, at 5:30 we pray the rosary, and six o'clock is the mass. And then after that, priests will pray over people, and there will be priests again in confession because. So much of the healing comes out of the confessional because people are able to forgive and move on 
in, in everything else in their life. What a beautiful part confessional is for healing. So true. And then there's adoration going on too, I believe you mentioned? Yeah, adoration from 11 in the morning till 4. And, you know, what a great opportunity to sit in front of Jesus, just to pour out our hearts, mm-hmm. to tell him all, all those thoughts, feelings, and desires. Tell him what's weighing on our heart. Tell him what, what we're there for that day. You know, uh, it is just beautiful to be in his presence and just be honest with him wholeheartedly and let him radiate his love into us and, and let him just love us. Absolutely. And that's what all he does. Yeah, absolutely. So, Father, when you talk about now healing prayers, are you talking physical, psychological, spiritual, anything in particular, or all of the above, any kind of healing? You know, it's, it's amazing over the years when people come up, sometimes you pray for exactly what they ask, and sometimes you pray for something totally different than what they ask, and, and you can see uh, God working in mysterious ways. And I've seen where people go out, in this, what we call out in the Spirit, and really is what's happening in those cases is that um, deep inner healing is going on that only God can do. Only God can do. And and it's just beautiful when you talk to the people later on to hear how God powerfully moved in their lives and, and brought this great healing. Mm-hmm. So true. That's wonderful. So, Monday, July 29th at the Cathedral of Our Lady of the Rosary in Duluth, Prayer, Healing Mass, 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. Adoration, Confessions, 1 to 4 p.m. Is that correct? That is correct. And Mass is celebrated at 6. Yep. Father Thomas Gallerno, thank you so much for sharing that with us, and God bless you and your ministry. God bless you, too. Keep up the God work. All right, thank you so much. Coming up next, do you have a question about the faith or just want to stump the priest? Get those questions ready for Straight Talk, and later... We'll discuss the goodness of discipleship and preview an upcoming event. All this and more on Real Presence Live right after this. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Radio wants to honor our fathers. As Catholics, we see our priests as spiritual fathers. We have so many great priests in our listening area who model and guide us to a closer relationship with our Heavenly Father. Beginning July 1st, each week on Real Presence Live, we will honor our spiritual fathers with a dozen donuts donated by a local business to share with their staff. And of course, a good father would want to share. Let us know who you would like to honor. And each week, we will draw a name to share stories of great spiritual fathers. Visit yourcatholicradiostation.com to honor your father today. The only things hotter than the summer heat are the rates to run radio spots on the RPR network. That's not all. The signal of Real Presence Radio reaches an audience of over 2.1 million people across North Dakota, Minnesota, South Dakota, Wisconsin, and Wyoming. Hi, this is Brett Byler, Area Account Executive with Real Presence Radio, and I want to help you grow your business in front of a very faithful customer base. Don't wait. Call me, Brett Byler, at 605-670-8333. One very important parish will receive special treatment at the 2020 Built Upon a Rock Fest, including catered lunch on the concert day, meet and greet with the bands, and a special preview performance. Built Upon a Rock Fest is grateful for parish support and wants to give back. All sponsoring parishes will be entered into a drawing, and the VIP will be drawn on stage at the concert on September 14th. For details, check out builtuponarockfest.com. Builtuponarockfest.com. 
Beginning next week, Real Presence Live will be coming to you five days a week, bringing you new hosts, including Father Craig Vosick, Father Tim Buren, Father Randall Kazel, and Father Brian Cuiava, from brand new locations, including the University of Mary in Bismarck, St. Philip's Church in Bemidji, and Abbey of the Hills in Marvin, South Dakota. If you're looking for hope, tune in to Real Presence Live, where you'll hear the positive and inspirational stories, five days a week from 9 to 11 Central, beginning July 1st. You're listening to the RPR Network. Now, back to more Real Presence Live. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Yes, indeed. Coming to you from Fargo, North Dakota. My name is Tim Mosey, your host today for Real Presence Live. I'd like to thank Father Thomas Gallernell, Diocese of Duluth, for talking to us about prayer and healing. And again, the event is Monday, July 29th at the Cathedral of Our Lady of the Rosary there in Duluth. Well, we have a few minutes left before Straight Talk and a very special guest. I'll be honest, he's been on before and he's good. You'll like him. It'll be fun. So get your phone dialing fingers ready or Facebook messaging ready in just a few minutes. We'll be looking at that. But a couple of things I want to just mention before we get to that. Of course, the gospel today talks about the golden rule. Now, we all know the golden rule. And I want to relate this to children. I love children. We all do, right? I'm looking through it, Aaron. Yeah, they're great, aren't they? And there's a lot of reasons. I'll get to that in a little bit. But I also love the way children see and perceive things. You've got little Matthew, seven months old, who's seeing things and starting to get it, but sometimes doesn't get it, right? It's like, eh, what's that, Dad, right? Same thing with Romeo, you know? He's almost too making leaps and bounds. But I love how they try to make these connections. One of the things I really like is when they have children write down something from the Bible. So these teachers had these kids write, what are some of your favorite sayings of Jesus? And one of these kids wrote, Jesus enunciated the golden rule, which means do one unto others before they do one unto you. (laughs) I think about that. Whoa, that's kind of the world way, right? It's like, get yours while you can before someone else gets you. Now, this child probably didn't understand what he was saying, but the irony of it is this. Isn't it true how many of our people in our society actually do that? Looking out for number one, it's all about me. Not doing unto others as they would have do unto me, but getting mine first so that I make sure I get mine. Or do something so that you can't get yours. I think it's interesting. When we go to Matthew chapter 7, remember now, this is toward the end of the Sermon on the Mount. What has Jesus done? He has already set his listeners on their ear there on the hill. Mount of the Beatitudes. My wife and I were there a few years ago. Amazing. What's he done? He's given us the Beatitudes, okay? He said that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you won't even enter the kingdom of heaven. Wow. Then he's given us what's called the six antitheses. You have heard it said, but I say to you, talking about anger, talking about divorce, talking about all these things, right? Oaths, loving your enemies. Then he goes on to chapter six about almsgiving, right? Prayer, okay? Fasting. Ends it by saying, Seek first the kingdom of God, and you'll get everything that you desire. Seek God first. Now moving on to chapter 7, he says, the golden rule, right? Do unto others as you would have others do unto you. I got that, but there's another phrase there. He says, this is the law and the prophets. (gasps) Collective gasp. Because what does this mean? 
all the Old Testament, because when we say the law and the prophets, she meant the Old Testament. Everything that has come before that he is now transforming and fulfilling is summed up with this. People are looking around, there's gas, there's murmurings. What is he saying? And of course, Jesus also, remember Matthew 22, uh, it talks about what's the greatest commandment. A Pharisee asked him that. He says, love of God, love of a neighbor. He also says, this is bound up in the law and the prophets. The law and the prophets are based on this. Love. Look at Paul in Romans 13. He says, love is the fulfillment of the law. Paul in Galatians 5 says, he's talking about freedom. He says, but don't use this freedom to gratify yourself, to gratify your flesh, but serve one another because the law is fulfilled in this commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. So what is it about kids? What is it about kids when Jesus says, let the children come to me? I would like to give you three things, three characteristics, I think, of most children that make them loving, that help them to, to understand, help us to understand why Jesus says, these, these belong to the kingdom of heaven. I like to say it this way. They get it, G-I-T, they get it. G, they're genuine. Look at little Matthew. You know, look at Romeo. They're genuine from the heart. There's nothing pretentious about them. There's no dual purpose. There's no duplicity. What you see is what you get. And there's that genuineness. Of course, Jesus is very genuine. Look at some of his, what he said to the Pharisees. Blind guides, hypocrites. You do one thing, you say one thing, you do another. How many times in my life do I see that? Do I do that? We need to be genuine. The real deal. I. I is innocent. We all love the innocence of a child. So yesterday, uh, we played, I played for a Sunday Mass. Yesterday evening, St. San Angelicum, 7 o'clock. And we were in the sanctuary practicing. And in St. San Angelicum, my, my back is to, the, to the, the people as I'm playing. But I was looking, and the, <laughs> the choir, the, the, the seven, eight people who were singing, a lot of them were looking at the back of the church and just smiling almost laughing as we were singing, as we were practicing. I thought, what is going on? You know, several times they looked. When we were done with the song, I turned around and little Romeo was, he's walking, walking, smiling, just having fun. The innocence of a child who's just having fun, who's just trusting in my wife, Veronica, that she's not going to lead him astray, that he's, he's going to be safe. That innocence that purity of heart and mind that we tend to lose. I've got another, someone who, uh, I, I play at all these uh, retirement homes and nursing homes. So one of the nursing homes, there's a middle-aged man there with Down syndrome. And he also exemplifies this childlikeness, not childish, childlike that Jesus wants. Very genuine, very innocent. He's always the first one there when I'm playing. We always have these great long conversations and he loves to do Elvis impressions. He'll play his air guitar, thank you very much. <laughs> and it's so much fun. And then he always wants to give me a hug. That genuineness from the heart, innocence, that is what we're missing. Finally, T, trust. I alluded to a little earlier, trust. When you take Matthew, Aaron, and give him a little toss in the air and come back down, he smiles, doesn't he? He wants it again. 
Well, who in their right mind would allow someone to throw them up and if they miss, you could severely hurt yourself? He trusts you. Just like Romeo trusts me when I do it. That is the kind of childlike faith and trust that Jesus wants us to have in him. How many times in my life have I said, Lord, you know, I better handle this one. What are we basically saying? We don't trust him. I mean, all sin, right, is a lack of trust in God. What does the catechism say? The very first sin, original sin. Man let his trust in the creator fall. He did not believe that God truly wanted what is best for him. That trust that we see from children, they don't know the path. They get in your car willingly. They don't ask you, where are we going? How are we getting there? But what do we do? We get in, we want to drive. We don't trust God to say, okay, Lord, here I am. I'm your instrument. Let's go. You're the driver. That trust that we have sometimes fails us. And I don't know about you, Aaron, but every time I've done that, looking back in hindsight, it's like, yep, should have trusted in God. Should have trusted in God. And that doesn't mean we do nothing. We need to pray, and if God prompts us to something, we do it. But at the same time, this trust and faith in God, I mean, look at, at his hometown, right? He could perform no great miracles there. Why? Their lack of faith. Their lack of trust. So I would say this. Get, getting back to that child who, you know, said, do one unto others for they do one unto you, didn't really understand what he was saying. But kids do get it. G-I-T. They're genuine. They're innocent. And they trust and the more that we exhibit those qualities, the more peaceful and loving we are. Because the law and the prophets is summed up in doing unto others as you would have them do unto you. So, maybe a little food for thought as you're reading through the gospel today. That's what hit me. That extra phrase, the law and the prophets. I went, oh my goodness, Jesus talks about that. Paul talks about that. And it comes down to one word. It's love. It's love really loving. Well, here we are. We are uh, at the bottom of the hour now. And so get ready with those phone calls. Get ready with that Facebook messaging because we are in straight talk. That's right. It is time for straight talk. So have your questions ready. Call us on Facebook, uh, message us on Facebook. Call us at 877-795-0122. That's 877-795-0122 with any questions, any comments about the faith. Really, it can be about anything. Um, I'm just going to throw this out there to maybe get us started. Uh, I heard, um, well, you know what's happening in the United States. Uh, we're getting more and more polarized uh, on the issue of abortion. Missouri, as you probably heard just this last week, became the first state to have no abortion clinics in the state. And of course, you, you, you can see what's happening on, on both sides of the issue. We have the pro-lifers going, isn't it great? Isn't it great? We have a state now with, with where we're not going to kill any babies. You know, and, and there is a great, great victory in that. We thank God for that. And at the same time, many, many people are saying, hey, you know, woman's health care, what's going on? What, what's happening here? You know? And so 
it's 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 very very difficult. Uh, this what what's going on here because um, you know the, the polarization. You know we have more restrictive abortion laws going in a few states. We have more and more permissive laws going in other states. And so this idea of it, instead of having a conversation, it's more of a confrontation. And um, we pray for the and we thank God for the advances that we have. In, in the idea of, of love and life. At the same time, we always need to make sure that we're always approaching in a very loving, caring, and giving way. So again, this is straight talk. Maybe that's one item you want to talk about. Give us a call at 877-795-0122, 877-795-0122, or message us on Facebook. And our priest for straight talk this half hour is Father Paul Dukesher. Welcome, Father. Hello. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> I'm glad you're here, I was too. almost late today. I... I I read a train. Can you ah, believe it? I'm not lying. This okay, is not a typical okay. story. This a train. I had to wait for a train. The dog didn't eat your homework. It no, was a train. A it real was a train. train. I okay. couldn't believe it. And I thought I, maybe I thought you had some road construction too, because that's all over the well, place. Yeah, that's too. true too. As but well. no, no. I thought oh, okay. I'd take the nice back road in, and then uh-huh. a train came. See, you're going to take the scenic route, and look what happens. There you go. Wow, that's great. Well, good. So we're here on Straight Talk, waiting for our first call. What's on your mind this morning, Father? Anything you want to share with our listeners? Well, you know what I was thinking of yesterday was this: the birthday of Saint John the Baptist. Ah, yeah, yep, yep. You know. Uh, what that means to me, of course, is it's only six months till Christmas. <laughs> there you go. We're halfway to Christmas. <laughs> yeah. But did you know about what St. Augustine once said about uh, the feast day of St. John the Baptist? Tell us. Well, you know, our Lord's birthday is on December 25th, of course. Mm-hmm. That's right around the winter solstice, mm-hmm. the shortest day of the year. Mm-hmm. Now, St. John the Baptist's birthday is six months before, mm-hmm. on around the, near the summer solstice, the longest day of the year. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, what St. Augustine once said many centuries ago was he said, remember when uh, John the Baptist said, I must decrease and he must increase? John 3.30, yes. Wow, you're pretty good Sorry at that. about that. John 3.30. Yeah, yeah, look it up. I don't even know that, but I know it's there, I know it's there somewhere. <laughs> but anyway, but it, what happens is when John the Baptist's birthday comes on June 24th, mm-hmm. the daylight begins to decrease. Mm. We don't like to see that. We don't like that idea, but it begins to. And then when our Lord is born on December 25th, that's when the light is beginning to increase in the world. Mm-hmm. And St. Augustine noticed this. And is it providential? Of course it's providential. In any event, that was kind of something neat to think about for yesterday. That, ah, I love that. I'd never thought of it that way. I really? Decrease, no, really? No, no. You, never, you it, knew John 33, 30, 30, 30, but 30. you know this. Well, I haven't read all of St. Augustine. So that's, the guy has some clever insights. He's <laughs> unbelievable. The guy is unbelievable. <laughs> so maybe we can continue on that a little bit. You know, um, Maybe some idea about us us decreasing him, increasing maybe, you know, a little more humility in our lives, maybe a little more trusting in God. I mean, I, I know in my own life, you know, decreasing sometimes people, want, I want to maybe be the center of attention, maybe want to get all the comments. My wife, as you know, is very good for me on that. She says, Tim, just can be in the background here. There you go. But may, maybe some ways that we can, uh, in our, our life, you know, have ourselves decrease and have Christ increase. Maybe in evangelization as well, any, any area. Yeah, you know... I, um, there's all kinds of ways of looking at that. I guess what I would say is this. I go back to this all the time. It's kind of an old saw, but there's nothing else to replace it. Um, in terms of us decreasing, you know, if maybe we would stop reading so much about just other things and maybe him increasing, maybe spend a little bit more time with the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know that we need to memorize verses. <laughs> I only but, you know, know a few. But, <laughs> I, the thing is, you know, I, nowadays with this, with the internet and, and Facebook, we're spending so much time 
on all this reading other stuff. And, you know, basically that's all about ourselves. Mm -hmm. It's either I'm not so much about reading about ourselves, but it's to satisfy our own curiosity mm -hmm. so that we know what's going on. And sometimes it is about ourselves. It's very egocentric oriented, not in a sinful way necessarily, mm -hmm. but it's just there. It's all, it's all about worldly things in us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the scriptures is all about the Lord. Mm -hmm. And we got the word of God here, and people just don't take the opportunity to read it. I think a lot of people are just psyched out. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have a lot of pictures unless you have a picture Bible. <laughs> yeah. And it's that kind of type, you know, it makes it look, and there's all these footnotes. In it. And I think they literally are psyched out, but the Gospels are so easy to read. Mm -hmm. you, just, you just read a little bit. You don't, it's not like reading a book. Right. And in, to a certain degree, if we would just read the Gospels, Spend time with our Lord Jesus in the Gospels. That would be a way for him to increase and for me to decrease. It's not about me. It's about him. I don't know. That's, when you mention that, there's all kinds of applications. You're right. That's totally, mm -hmm. or as, uh, as St. John the Baptist knew exactly what he's talking about. Yeah, exactly. But We have Father Paul Dukesher here in the studio today. We'd love to have you join in. He's ready for your questions, ready for your comments at 877-795-0122. 877-795-0122. Or you can message us on Facebook as well. So, Father, in the Gospels, getting back to the Gospels, as you know, in Daily Mass, we've been kind of going through the Sermon on the Mount a little bit. Okay. The Golden Rule today, I was chatting about the Golden Rule a little bit. Or maybe just, what are some things that hit you from the Sermon on the Mount? I know there's a zillion things, but maybe pick out one or two that you can talk about. Well, the one that uh, comes to my mind as soon as uh, you mention that is that the very end, I believe it's at the very end, I think it's in Matthew chapter 7, something, something. Yeah. I think it's 7, 21, 29 or something. Anyway, it's, it's, um, it, uh, it's about uh, if you listen to these words of mine and act on them, mm -hmm. your yep. house, you know, the built storms will rock. come. Yep. It'll be built on rock. You'll be fine if you, if you hear my words, but don't act on them. I believe he said both cases, you hear my words. In, in both cases, you're hearing the words. Mm -hmm. But see, it isn't so much that he's saying you're not hearing the words. He knows where he, but he goes, but you got to act on them. You got to ah, act on yeah, them. Yeah, Anybody, yeah. Everybody hears them probably. Yep. I yep. think even fallen away Catholics, even non Christians, it, does, it doesn't matter who they are, it, you know, any, every, we all hear the words of the Lord, but it's, the difference is, do we act on mm -hmm. them? And I like that idea because it's like your house is built on rock, your house is built on sand. What was interesting, the reason, one of the other reasons this might have been brought to my attention was just a, a last weekend, not this past weekend, but the week before, this was the gospel reading that a couple picked for their wedding. Okay. Ah, it is one of the wedding selections. Okay. Very few couples pick this reading. Mm -hmm. It really, you know, it doesn't say anything about marriage. doesn't say anything about love. Right. And so not as many couples picked this reading, but this couple did. And this was a special couple. And they picked a, the, all three of their readings were readings that normally aren't picked for weddings. Mm. But that, it, you know, I just was thinking of that recently because of that. It struck me. And I talked about that at their wedding, um, their, their wed the marriage ceremony, because, you know, it's an obvious application. These, these marriage is tough. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, you know, you got to have the Lord. And you, but you can't just hear his word. Mm -hmm. it, to a certain degree, I talked about spending time with the Lord in the scriptures just a few minutes ago. It's not even so much that you got to spend time. You just can't just do that either. Mm -hmm. You got to take that time you spend and then begin to act on it. Mm -hmm. And that's what marriage is, of course. I mean, you know, you can say all you want. I love you, honey. I love you, honey. What do I know? I'm not married. <laughs> but it seems to me you could easily say, I love you, honey. But it's like, come on, let's do something. Let's get something done. If you love me, do this. If you love me, stop doing that. Whatever. It's really marriage, it seems to me, is made or, bra uh, made or broken on what you're doing mm -hmm. or what you're not doing even more than what you're saying, seems to me. Am I right? 
I told you're totally as you're going. I'm going thinking about my marriage. Absolutely, I can say these words to Veronica, but she says, "Okay, what about the actions?" And quite honestly, over the seven years, I'm learning, and it is getting a lot better. So you're right; you have to act on it. Have you been married for seven years? Over seven, seven and a half. Unbelievable. Coming up on eight. I know. Isn't it great? And I'm, and I'm still smiling. Look I can't believe it. <laughs> We're talking to her father, Paul Dukesher, here on Straight Talk, 877-795-0122. And as much fun as we're having, we want you to join in, 877-795-0122. Or you can message us on Facebook. So when you talk about, they, they both heard, you know, the, the word, you know. It, it makes me think of two things. Jesus saying, you know, they listen, but they don't hear, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, the closers. And then right. also the parable of the sower, because the, the seed falls on all these. So everyone hears the word of God. Right. But how, the soil, how are our hearts at receiving it? Right. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what it all comes down to. And so, and so everybody receives it to a certain degree. I mean, even the, uh, the shallow soil received it, mm-hmm. but the birds were able to come and pick it up. And, you know, the other, the uh, weeds, it was received, and then the weeds choked it off, da, 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 da. And so... The word is always received. The, Lord, the Lord's word is always going to be effective in that respect. Mm-hmm. But it's what we do with it. You know, I just, people, how can the Lord punish people? And, uh, you know, it's really not that the Lord God punishes people. They, they punish, we punish ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When we don't take that word in and use it and act on it, we're the ones that do this stuff to ourselves. You know, it's not the Lord. He wants, he's done everything possible mm-hmm. to make that word sprout and bring something about. So... You know, it's as I get older, and I'm getting older. No, you know, I've been a priest 29 years. And you're only 49. And you're only 42. How does that work? I was, I got a dispensation when <laughs> okay. I was ordained. Anyway, it was just 29. But the older I get, the more. It's not that it gets easier, but it becomes more and more obvious to me that the Lord God is everything's there for us. I mean, I know it doesn't get easier, but it's so doable and so possible. We don't have to invent the wheel. We don't have to build the house. We don't have to do it. Even Jesus did all the work in terms of redemption. But in all the Lord God is saying is just work with me. Just work with me. Just work with me. And people, you know, they're willing to work with everything except in many cases the Lord. Or even, I don't want to make that sound like, you know, but mediocre Mm -hmm. Christianity. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, doing the bare minimum. It's too bad because they're missing out. Right. They're missing out. You know. Very true. Yeah. Cooperate with that grace that God gives us. Father Paul Dukes, there's some great stuff coming here, Polk. Don't just sit there in awe going, oh my goodness, this guy is so amazing, which oh. he is. <laughs> Give us a call. Hey, I want to call. <laughs> 877-3-0-7950122. 877-795-0122. Or you can message us on Facebook. You know, as you mentioned about the soil and, and how we receive and just avail yourself to God. Corpus Christi Sunday, last Sunday. That's right. I, I loved your analogy with uh, the spiritual hunger and the physical hunger. Why don't you share a little bit of that with our listeners? That's right. I was just, you know, at, at one, at Corpus Christi is one of those Sundays for a priest that it's like, how do you, what do I say this year? And, you know, I know a lot of people, uh, there's these, t- these polls out about a lot of people don't believe in the real presence anymore and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, y- you want to you wanna take a look and try and maybe there's a reason people aren't believing. Maybe it's more than we just got to tell them, no, this is the body and blood of Jesus. Maybe we've got to begin to look at these things and begin to explore them so people have a reason to believe. Mm-hmm. I know we should just believe on faith. I understand that. But there's nothing wrong with adding motives of credibility to believe. And so as I was thinking about it this year, it just kind of came to my mind. I'm sure it's not an original idea, of course. But it just seems like the Lord God has put things in our life. As I mentioned earlier, he's done all the work that we can look at things and we get comparisons. And uh, we get a lot of that from creation, of course. Mm -hmm. And the creation that's closest to us in that respect, the material creation closest to us is our own body. Mm -hmm. And our Lord God has given our body a very well uh, 
setup system to let us know when we're hungry, and we understand immediately without having to be taught this, we don't have to go to school to teach this, uh, to learn this, that when we're hungry, we better eat. Mm-hmm. And in the same way, it, figured, it seems to me, why would the Lord have done it any different with our souls? Of course, our souls. It's, our souls grow along with our body. They, they don't grow in the same way, but they develop with our bodies as we grow older. We grow wiser. We grow more loving. We grow holier. Our soul is supposed to expand that way. And the point is, is that why wouldn't there be hunger pangs in our soul as well as our body? But, you know, I wonder if people realize what those hunger pangs are. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be taught the hunger pangs of the body, but we might need to be taught the hunger pangs of the soul because it's of a much higher level. And my idea was simply was, as I was thinking about it, was one of the hunger pangs has got to be, there might be more, but the one I was thinking of was this restlessness that's so much part of people's lives. Um, that's got to be part of the hunger pangs of your soul. Your soul basically saying, I need God. I need more of God. I need to feed on Him. You know, and that the problem with that hunger pang of restlessness is it gets kind of hidden and disguised we tend to think that that restlessness is, oh, if I could just buy one more thing, I'll be happy. If I could just get the girl and get married, I'd be happy. If I could just have more money, I'd be happy. And all these other, and so we're restless. You know, if I could just go to Utah for the 28th time, I'd be happy. <laughs> for and sure. We, we get a little bit restless and we think, well, maybe if I just had more things for my body to a certain degree. Now, I'm just wondering if some of that, I'm sure some of it is, it's our soul. Mm-hmm. Saying, I'm not, I'm not happy the way it is. I'm not happy. And, and what it is, is I need more God. I have enough food. I have enough money. I have enough Utah. I have enough girl, whatever. I want, I want the Lord in my life. I need that for my soul. And so I was being, I thought about it in terms of, and see, and that's what the Eucharist is all about, Corpus Christi. Mm-hmm. It obviously, we take it in as food and drink, but it obviously isn't for our body, that little host and that little sip of wine, if you want to say it that way. It can't be for our body. It's for our soul. It's got to be the body and blood of Jesus. Mm. And that's why we, and that's why, gosh darn, why would Catholics want to miss that? Why would Catholics not want to feed themselves? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to take it for granted that you do believe it's the body and blood of Christ. Well, then why aren't you coming to Mass? You know, go to confession first if you need to. That's right. Mm-hmm. We don't feed food to a person who's dead. We don't put food down a corpse's mouth. And if we're dead in sin, we need to go to confession. But once we're back alive in God and grace, why wouldn't we feed ourselves? And there's people running hither and thither on Sunday, and now stores are open and whatever, fine. But I don't care if the stores are open. I'm going to church, and then maybe I'll go to the store because I'll buy something at the store later for my body, but I want to go to church for my soul. And it's just like there's a hunger. And that's what Corpus Christi are. You know, there was a, a who was it? St. Therese Littleflower. She once said, you know, the Lord... The Lord did not come in the Eucharist primarily to be worshipped in the tabernacle. Mm-hmm. Now, he's there to be worshipped. Mm-hmm. He came for us to consume him and to live within our own bodies, our, in, our own souls. It isn't about the tabernacle. It's about communion. Mm-hmm. Now, we want the tabernacle for those who can't go to Mass. I just uh, was with someone who was dying last night. And uh, we want the tabernacle for that. And we can pray in front of the tabernacle, and I do all the time. But my gosh, the Eucharist is for communion, to feed yourself. And as we understand how much food we need for our body, we need to understand how much food we need for our soul. Wow, absolutely. Father Paul Dukesher explaining Corpus Christi, the Eucharist, and how we need it. 877-795-0122. Father, we have a little reaction here. Talking about Corpus Christi, they said, you've talked about, about peace, for instance, and restlessness. Uh-huh. They say uh, they've heard so much about adoration. 
They want to know two things. When did adoration start? I don't know if you know that, and I don't. But the second thing is, uh, how can we then get that piece, you know, going to adoration, taking that time? Yeah, I don't know the exact history and chronology of it either. Um, I, you know, they, they didn't have tabernacles in the first few centuries mm -hmm. of the church, I do not believe. So I'm, I'm thinking it probably happened in the Middle Ages sometime, mm -hmm. but whether or not, it really doesn't matter. It's here with us now, and that's all that really mm -hmm. matters, I guess. Um, and the second part was about... The, the, how, how can we get this peacefulness, this yes. rest that you're talking about? You know, about. and the thing is, you spend time with the Lord, but here's what I would want to say about that, because you spend time with the Lord. Mm -hmm. That's where you, He's going to give it to you. You have to, you have to open yourselves to His presence. But here's the important thing from my perspective, and this is where I think a lot of people miss out. It's got to be consistent. It's got to be regular. It's got to be persevering. You can't go to adoration once or even twice or three times. If you want that peace of Christ, you have to start and then give it the rest of your life. Now, I'm not saying you have to go to an hour of adoration every week for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Although if you could, good mm -hmm. for you. But what I'm saying is this, we got to give this relationship with Christ time. You know, you know this, when we think of marriage, when people think of marriage, they think of it in terms of, I want to spend the rest of my life with this person. And so they look forward to the time. I think from the Lord's perspective, it was more like, you're going to need 60 years together. Mm -hmm. he, he, and so in other words, um, he's thinking of it as you need all that time. Mm -hmm. We just, we want the time, but he says you need that time. And that's why the Lord says, don't give up on it. Don't quit. You can't quit marriage after a few years. If one of your spouse, if your spouse dies, we understand that the Lord has a plan there, but marriage is a lifelong thing. The relationship with Jesus Christ is a lifelong thing. And even adoration, you know, whether or not it's before the monstrance exposed uh, or the tabernacle where it's not exposed or just just even prayer, but of course, adoration and, and specifically, you know, keep it up, keep it up, keep it up. Go week after week, go month after month, go year after year. Maybe after a few years, some of that restlessness will start to disappear. Mm -hmm. I, it's, 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 it, he, doesn't, he doesn't give this stuff cheap. He demands effort and time. I, I've, been read, you read, I've read the newspaper most every day. And well, you know, certain days I might miss, but you know, for most of my life. Well, I, if I'm going to spend time reading the newspaper every day, why can't I spend time in prayer with Jesus Christ every day? Mm. Why not? I mean, it's, it's silly how we think there's such a, that's such a difficult thing to have to spend time every day in prayer. There's other things we do every day. Exactly. And we don't seem to have a problem with that, or we just do it. Yeah, very true, very true. I can personal experience. I know for me, it didn't happen overnight. But when I committed myself to periodic adoration, 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 the restlessness in my heart went. I can tell I'm I'm more peaceful now in my life than I've ever been. Father, you're the poster boy for that. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. All right. Hey, we have a phone call here, Father. Really? To yeah. Tony from Holly wants has a question for you. Okay. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes, I can, Tonya. Hi. I'm, hi, Father. I'm kind of in a bad spot, and I'm out, I'm out in the field in a tractor here, so uh -huh. I'm going to ask my question, and then I'm going to listen to it on the radio, if that's okay. That's fine. Okay, so my question kind of ties back into kind of what you're talking about in adoration, but I know, like, coming into the summer months, uh, a lot of people do go on vacations, they go out to the lake, um, and they just get really busy with um, other things. Can you give us some pointers and some good things to kind of tap into over the summer to just continue um, any kind of relationship that we've been building with Christ? Um, like, how do we continue to grow in our faith in that busy part of the, the summer when we're all trying to get out and enjoy being outside instead of being cooped up inside? Or for those of us who are in tractors, you know, um, 
just some tips on things that we can do to still actively engage in that relationship. And I'm going to go ahead and, and get off the line here so I can listen to the response. Got it. Well, you know, uh, I think it's great that Tony is in the tractor. I've, I've been a priest 29 years. I've never had a person talk to me about working in a tractor in their prayer life. <laughs> so this is a whole new area for me. Say, the one thing I'd say is, Tony, is this. What you don't, I, I don't see any reason to think of it in terms of what can we do for the busy summer months. Why are we making this different? I know the summer months are different. We're outside. It's, I understand that. But here's the deal. What you want to do is you want to develop your relationship with Christ that is something that could literally be year-round. And so whether it's summer or winter, whether it's busy or not, it's going to be consistent. And you can do that. Anybody can do that. Because and here's what I would say. You got to find a time every day of the year, no matter how busy you are or not busy you are, or how warm it is outside or how cold it is outside, as a consistent time to spend time with Jesus. Now, for me, I just keep harping on this to everybody. It's early morning. It's early morning. I don't care if it's summer. I don't care if it's busy. At five in the morning, you're not going to be busy in the summer. You won't be busy at five in the morning in January. You won't be busy at five in the morning in July. Oh, at five in the morning, I don't care. Make it six, whatever you want to say. But the point is, is that before the day starts, we have to get into a prayer regimen, a prayer routine, where we spend every day a little bit of time as best we can with our Lord Jesus. And I know for me as a priest, and I don't think I'm much different than most of you, I have busy life too. Um, but the fact is, the only time of the day that I can guarantee every single day of the year, without exception. I don't care if it's Easter or Christmas or I'm in Utah on vacation. I don't care. It doesn't matter if you're on vacation. At five in the morning on vacation, I have free time. And so it's like, but see, if my prayer life is built around, you know, four in the afternoon or 10 in the morning or a rosary walk after dinner, well, then what happens the nights when we got guests? Now, I don't take the rosary walk, I guess. Or if it's 10 in the morning and all of a sudden, a train comes and I can't get, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but I'm just saying, it's, I never get phone calls at five in the morning. I never have uh, distractions at five in the morning. I don't have my parochial vicar bothering me at five in the morning. <laughs> the bishop doesn't know where I am at five in the morning. And it doesn't, I'm just saying, there's, there's no, I have nothing else. The forum hasn't come at five in the morning. Mm -hmm. You know, there's nothing else for me to do at five in the morning other than spend time with Jesus. I just say five in the morning. I could be six, whatever, seven, whatever. But the point is, is that that's what I would say. It's not a matter of how do I do this during the summertime. It's how do I do this every day of my life? And that's why, and if you do it right, it won't matter. It won't matter if you're on vacation or not, if you're busy or not. You'll still have that time. Does that make sense? Yeah, she hung up. It makes sense to me, Father, exactly. And, and I love the humor in there, too. I mean, that, that's, that, that's so true. That's so true. There you go. Uh, Tony, I want to thank you for your call. Uh, we have time for maybe another call or question at 877-795-0122. Say, can I interject one moment here? Of course you may. Say, we're real quick here. You know, we're talking yeah. about marriage a little bit ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I got a call yesterday. Okay. Well, the office got a call yesterday. Okay. And guess who's going to have their wedding next June 26th or th Madeline, Madeline Breen. Breen. Aaron Breen's <laughs> sister in there. You see, we call him the producer or something? Yeah, exactly. The producer, his sister, wow. wants to get married at St. San Joachim to a Jackson Braun. My goodness. Oh, my gosh. Not Jackson Madeline Brown, the singer? No, Braun. Oh, Jackson Braun. Braun. Okay, sorry. <laughs> okay, anyway, but anyway, it's... Uh, they're going to have their wedding next summer, so good for them. Love is in the air. Amen. So, Aaron, I hope you, that you're not going to be shut out of the wedding party. I hope they have some. Oh, good. You got Take some? the day off, Aaron. Take the day off. <laughs> That's right. We'll tell Brandon. <laughs> All right. We're going to have time for a quick question at 877-795-0122, 877-795-0122, or message us on Facebook. You know, we're talking about prayer, making it a daily routine. Maybe just that's one of the reasons... Uh, 
priests, deacons, and those that are ordained are mandated to say uh, the office, daily That's office. That's right. You know, it's interesting when you think about it. I don't know if many people realize this. I think a lot of people assume priests are required to say Mass every day. They're not. We're That's not right. required to say Mass. We are required to pray the office, mm -hmm. the, the breviary, the liturgy of the hours, uh, the five hours, office of readings, morning prayer, daytime prayer, evening prayer, night prayer. Altogether, it probably takes a half an hour, 45 minutes if you pray it by yourself. It's not, but the thing is, we, we spread it out throughout the day. But what's interesting is, compared to the Mass, the liturgy of the hours is not as big of a D. I mean, the Mass is it. Mm -hmm. that, right, that's sure. it. Yep. Um, but the Church doesn't require us to say Mass, partly, partly because, I would believe, um, if you just can't always say Mass, you might be in a place where you don't have bread, you don't have wine, you don't have the books, whatever. Maybe you're in Utah. Yeah. That's right. I, there's <laughs> Amongst been a the few, rocks. There's been a few times I've been camping where I wasn't able to say Mass, okay. but although I, I find a way to do it now even if I am camping. Mm -hmm. um, but the church, you know, in its wisdom says, but you got to pray, you got to pray. Now, I know Mass is a prayer, but even if you can't say Mass, you got to pray every day. You know, you hear those great stories, those wonderful stories about those people put in like concentration camps and jails or persecutions. They could, these, these priests or bishops couldn't say Mass, but they were, they were going to pray every day. Now, they probably didn't have the office to pray either. But the point is, is that even the prayer is, if I could say it like this, prayer is more important in that respect than the sacraments. We can live without the sacraments. God reserves his greatest graces for the sacraments, no doubt about it. And if you have access to the sacraments as a Catholic, you're a fool not to get them as often as you can. But no matter, if, even if you're not Catholic, you don't have sacraments then, and in the same way, and, uh, but we all got to pray. We all got to pray. And so that's one of the reasons the church uh, has that requirement for priests to spend a little bit of time a day, each day, each day, on pain, under pain of sin mm -hmm. uh, in prayer. And so when I go on vacation, I say my entire office. I also pray other things. And 99% um, of the time, I'll also be able to say Mass. But if I had to... I'm staying in my office no matter what. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Father Paul Dukes, are just a couple minutes left here. I guess we probably don't have time for more phone calls. Just a couple minutes. Two things came to mind there, Father. Number one, the idea of, uh, of, this, of this praying. And, okay, now I, just, I just forgot about the other one. Okay, I just totally slipped my mind. How, can you believe that? Am I getting old? <laughs> Well, you getting... have been married for seven and a half years. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Any, um, we, we have about two minutes. Oh, Joan has a comment about Corpus Christi. Sorry, becoming what we receive. Good, Joan, talk to us. Hi, I was just reflecting on Corpus Christi this week and mm -hmm. thinking that, you know, so many times we think about it only as the presence of Christ in the Eucharist, but we become what we receive, and, and it's really hard to think, looking at the person sitting next to you in the pew, that we are the body of Christ. And I guess, I don't know. Christianity would be really easy if there weren't other people. <laughs> yeah, I've always said I have a great prayer so support for my people. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you're right. You're right. We live in a fallen world. It's hard to do that. But see, and that, but I would say, Joan, that would be as that's one of the reasons. The, the more you spend time with Christ, and the more you realize He's with you, that's when you begin to see it. You know, Mother Teresa always said, you know, it's just she had such a great devotion to the Eucharist. We all obviously we think of her in the gutters and helping the poor in the streets. She'd spend two hours a day in front of the Eucharist. Because the more you spend time with Christ in the Eucharist, the more you see Christ in others. And it, it is hard, and that's, what, that's why she did that. And, uh, and you're right about we become like what we receive. Unlike food, we take food in. There was a, some saint mentioned this, a simile too or whatever, like we take food into our bodies and it turns in, you know, our bodies turn the food into it. Well, when Christ comes into us, he turns us into him. 
we become like what we receive. Yeah. So that's another way. There's all kinds of ways of looking at the Eucharist, and they're all meant to help us to that greater faith. And not, but just not the greater faith, of course. But it's almost like now that we're going back to what we started with. Not only hearing the words and having that faith, but acting on them. I'm going to communion. I'm going to communion. I want the Eucharist, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's all about receiving Christ. And then that's where that's why he came down in the Eucharist was for us to consume him. All right, Joan, thank you so much for your call. And Father, guess what? We are thank at you. the end. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Really? We appreciate it. This is shorter than one of my homilies. Uh, you're right. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for everyone that called in that question. Remember, this is the 930 Central every day, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and of course next week, five days a week. Up next, Eric Gallagher is going to share the goodness of discipleship, how we pass it on to our youth, and preview an upcoming event. And later, let's get on the road for a 10-minute tour of our local events. We'll be right back when Real Presence Live.